Back with you on Fox Sports 940 AM Miami, locally here in South Florida tonight. Good to be back with you. Another Marlins Hot Stove special winter meetings episode for you. Also available on the iHeart Radio app. Good to be back with you on this Tuesday night. And there is a lot to discuss. We'll have Danny Alvarez of El Extra Base joining us here in just a couple of minutes from San Diego. Uh, much to discuss as it pertains to the Marlins. Uh, some World Baseball Classic news. We'll see what Danny's been up to. He runs a terrific, terrific website to follow for uh, really everything worldwide baseball. Uh, also very close with Miguel Cabrera, the former at one point the Marlin, of course. So uh, it's going to be his final year in Major League Baseball. A lot uh, to discuss with Danny. Uh, now, a lot to discuss since we last left you last night. And I guess really before we uh, closed out the show in the National League East, it is uh, nuts out there in San Diego. Yesterday, the Philadelphia Phillies signed Trey Turner to an 11 year, $300 million deal. The Phillies signed a shortstop, the shortstop being Trey Turner. And Dave Dombrowski uh, said uh, he's ready to win this thing. I, I mean, uh, they've got a cover for Bryce Harper's elbow surgery. Uh, they were not terrific up the middle last year, and Trey Turner fills a massive void at shortstop for the runner-ups in Major League Baseball. The Philadelphia Phillies advancing to the Fall Classic last year. Trey Turner hit 316, had a 364 OBP slug, 514 over the last three years, and he's a good enough defensive shortstop. Uh, and then you take a look at what the Philadelphia Phillies have. Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, JT Real Muto, Nick Castellanos, Reese Hoskins, and when healthy, Bryce Harper. That is a good enough team to get you back to the World Series. We move north to Queens, where the Mets uh, fan base, very somber over the course of the last couple of days, after Jacob deGrom announced that he would settle for a five-year, $185 million deal in Texas. The Mets in need of starting pitching. They shorted up a little bit yesterday. They have signed Justin Verlander, who reunites with Max Scherzer to a two-year, $86 million deal with a vesting option for $35 million in 2026, or for 2025, excuse me, the 2025 uh, $35 million vesting option. He is a Met. And he said he wants to pitch until he's 45. Uh, you don't often see $86 million. You never have shelled out to somebody in his age 40 and 41 season. Uh, but Justin Verlander, the American League Cy Young Award winner, he's got a fresh elbow after he had the Tommy John surgery. Uh, a couple of years back. So the Mets starting to piece that rotation back together. Still without Taiwan Walker and Chris Bassett. We'll see what they do on that front. Uh, they look and appear as if they're going to settle their DH predicament internally. So the Mets are aggressive on the pitching market. They sign Edwin Diaz to the massive and historic closers deal. They get Justin Verlander. The Phillies go get Trey Turner. The Braves have been relatively quiet over the course of the offseason so far. I would expect that to change relatively soon. As for the Marlins, things are quiet right now. We had an opportunity to chat with Marlins third-year general manager Kim Ang yesterday. You take a look at their addition so far this offseason. JT Chagua from Tampa Bay, a career 354 ERA, a 242 ERA, and 21 appearances for the Rays last year. A part of that deal, the Marlins also acquired Xavier Edwards, who was at the time Tampa Bay's fourth-ranked prospect at the time of the trade. So the Marlins get a little bit of bullpen help again. This is all stuff that has happened, so no big movement to date. 
at the winter meetings. Uh, Craig Mish did report yesterday that the Marlins have interest and they've touched base with Justin Turner's camp, the veteran third baseman who has spent a very long time out in Los Angeles. We'll see if that's something that the Marlins are interested in. Uh, we do know, and as Kim mentioned yesterday, they are looking for bullpen help and they're also looking to add to this offense, which is terrific. And I think if you assume good health by Jorge Soler and Avi Garcia, Jazz Chisholm, and Garrett Cooper, that's going to give you a lift. But you can't just assume those guys are going to be healthy over the course of a full season. Um, we'll see who backs up Garrett Cooper at first base if presumably it'll be Soler taking a majority of the at-bats as the designated hitter. Garrett Cooper cannot go start 150 games at first base and stay healthy. That's just a fact of the matter. That is just the reality of the situation. Avi Garcia and Jorge Soler, a massive boost for this team if they can bounce back after rough first seasons in Miami. The Marlins, of course, without Brian Anderson and Nick Neidert, whom they non-tendered. Uh, Jeff Brigham and Eliezer Hernandez were DFA. Both were subsequently traded to the New York Mets. And no Lehman Diaz, who had a wonderful glove over at first, uh, but the Marlins just simply ran out of time trying to see um, if he was uh, good enough or uh, was capable uh, to date of hitting in the big leagues, and unfortunately he was not. So the Marlins have to part ways with Lewin Diaz as well. So look, I mean, the hot stove is hot out in San Diego. You see DeGrom, you see Verlander. In the National League East, Trey Turner is a Philadelphia Philly. It's going to be an exciting year in the National League East. The Marlins have a lot of work to do. So let's head out to San Diego tonight. Joining us now from El Extra Base is Danny Alvarez. Does terrific work. Please check it out. It's uh, unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish, and a lot of people follow him uh, around Major League Baseball. And Danny, you follow the Marlins closely, my man. How you doing? How's everything going out there? Everything going well, Kyle. It's, it's an honor for me to to be here with you. Thank you so much for bringing me in. Look, there's a lot I want to chat with you about, Danny. You know what? Let's start with the Marlins. You've, you've covered the Marlins closely uh, for a while now. And again, you do a terrific job, and I encourage everybody to check out your work. Twofold here. What do you want the Marlins to do this winter? What do you think they'll do? I think they have to spend money. I think they will spend money, but not to an extent of what the Phillies did, for example, giving 11 years and 300 millions to Trey Turner or the, the Mets doing what they, what they did to, to Verlander. I think they, at some point they will have to start signing some free agents that might help the team if, uh, as much as they as much as they can. And and I think that's that's the best option for them because when, when you see what can they possibly do by trading uh, controllable pitchers like Pablo Lopez or Trevor Rogers or Edward Cabrera, um, that might give them good bats, but I think that you never have enough pitching depth, and the Marlins need those arms. Um, that basically 25, 20, 20 teams of the league would love to have the rotation that the Marlins have right now. And if they can add the, those bats by signing those free agents, free agents, that could be the best option for them. I had Christina on last night, Danny, and I think it's interesting you talk about pitching, and, and we went down. Uh, the road of, look, Pablo Lopez would get you good position players, maybe a really good position player. But you have got Dax Fulton, Jake Eater, Yuri Perez in the minor leagues. If you trade a guy like Pablo Lopez, you've really only got five starting pitchers on the 40-man roster. That starting pitching depth is going to get thin really quick. You can't count on these young guys to come up and have immediate success in the major leagues. 
And that was a strong part for the Marlins for the last couple of years. And losing that depth will actually hurt them more because when when you see Sandy what he did last year, obviously you can you can hope that he will have will he will have 32 32 starts again in 2023. But you don't know that for you don't know that for a fact. And and when you see Luzardo. Cabrera or Trevor Rogers, none of them have had a full season in the big leagues and they're probably hit their innings limit by August. Right. And we saw, for example, this year with Pablo, how tough the second half was for him, especially July and August, because those were, um, I mean, he, he never pitched more than 111 innings. So when he got to, to that mark, it was very difficult for him. Fortunately, he figured it out in September and he was able to make the adjustments. And now I'm sure that Pablo is going to have an even better 2023, but it was difficult for him. And I can um, assume that it will be difficult for Rosardo, mm-hmm. for Trevor, for Cabrera and those guys as well. Let's talk offense. The Marlins need it. Do you like the idea? And You know, this would be contradictory to what we just said. Do you like the idea of trading for Brian Reynolds? Christina and I floated out the idea of Cody Bellinger signing a one-year show-me deal. What 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 can the Marlins do offensively to improve if it isn't going the trade route and spending an amount of money that I would imagine that they're comfortable spending? You see the Mets spending it all, but the, the, the Marlins aren't playing with the same deck of cards in that instance. Yeah, absolutely not. And and I think that a guy like like Reynolds would be a, would be very good for the for the offense. I'm not so so sure about defense, especially that Lone Depot Park. Tough place and to play. Seen, tough place to play for for many reasons. First of all, it's huge the mm-hmm. stadium, and second of all, when when we see outfielders coming to Miami, make having to make the adjustment to the turf in right field to that type of grass it's not it's not an easy transition for for many outfielders and we've seen injuries for example in the past um with solar for example and maybe that was a reason why he was hurt most of the time so uh it's it's kind of risky i think reynolds can help offensively he can be a spark at the top of the lineup but i don't know if that's the the hitter that the Marlins need i mean it could help a lot, but they will need to add some more because I, I don't think Reynolds will fix fix the whole problem for the Marlins. I think they need um, more help in center field and also at first base. I know they have Garrett Cooper there, who was an all-star last year, but we saw how how he struggled in the second half and he was he wasn't able to to stay healthy all season long. So I think they need more help on, on first base as well. You know, if and you, third base too. And if you stay in house, by the way, Cooper, although. He's got the potential. He's an all-star. He cannot go play 150 yeah. games at first base. So that's going to be a, an area not. in which they need to address. Obviously, the Marlins don't have the luxury of having a defensive first guy like Lewin Diaz. He's gone. He's with the Orioles now. Stay in-house, though. And I tell people this, though, Danny, and maybe you can uh, shed some light on this. Maybe you've had an, op- an opportunity to chat with them. Avi Garcia and Jorge Soler are probably feeling worse than anybody about the way things transpired last year. Soler off the World Series MVP in 2021. Avi Garcia, who got a big contract and has been really good throughout the course of his major league career. Is it reasonable to expect both guys to bounce back? 100%, 100%. And and with Soler, I think it depends more on his health and how healthy he could be for the for the entire season. Because when he was healthy, he got on a, on a groove. 
in let's say late April. Yeah, the uh, nine home May, runs where, in where May, he, where, I think, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Where where he, where he was hitting pretty good, but Abby was a whole different case. And I spoke to Abby last week uh, in the Miguel Cabrera Gala in Miami, and I saw him in very good shape and very committed. And he definitely felt bad about the season he had. He felt embarrassed. And yesterday, Skip Schumacher was talking about that, and that was pretty pretty cool to hear from from Skip, knowing that he talked to Abby and, and Abby told him like, "Hey, I I know I wasn't ready." He he in fact apologized to to the team and, and to the front office because he he wasn't he he wasn't feeling good about the season he had and about uh the lack of preparation that he had to spring training and then when that when he realized that it was too late. So that's why we saw Avi underperforming the way he did last year. But um, um it's pretty safe to assume that the 2023 season will be much better for him. He needs it. The Marlins need him as well. And and I think that's that's encouraging what, what I'm saying. And if you get a healthy Jazz, I know, you know, they, they have to improve. They have to outsource. They have to get other guys that it will infiltrate this lineup that were not with the Marlins last year. But I do think you can stand and reasonably say if Avi Garcia and Jorge Soler live up to just what they've done in their big league career, they're not asked to hit 45 home runs and drive in 120 and have seasons like Miggy Cabrera has done for two decades, right? But if Jazz can stay healthy, these other guys can contribute. And with that starting rotation, you really, I think, and tell me, me if I'm wrong, you feel good about them being competitive throughout the course of the summer, Danny. We we saw that happening last year, uh, Kyle, when they had the seven-game winning streak in, in late April, and everything was just going well. Like, Sandy was pitching good. Pablo was pitching. Uh, like, the, he was the best pitcher in the National League that month, and Jazz was hitting Jazz was hitting good. Abby had a couple of good games. Soler had a couple of good games. So everything was um, playing the, 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 the way it, sh- it should have been for last year. But then injuries happened, and, and we didn't expect Aguilar to be uh, – as underperforming as he was, or same with with Garcia, or Brian Anderson, or, or, or other players, we we saw Joey Wendell, and we were expecting many good things about him. But unfortunately, injuries hurt him hurt him all year, especially with the running game. And he's a guy that you need to be healthy, so so he can play different positions and help in many positions in the in the batting order. So. Yes, they 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 need to be healthy, and they need to add that that help because I I don't think the Marlins are. Um, that far from competing and being a 500 ball club. And then once you're at the 500 mark, anything can happen, especially with an expanded playoff system. So um, I I think that they need that help, but of course they need to to be healthy. And look no further than the Philadelphia Phillies. Again, they're playing in a different tax bracket a little bit, and they sign the $300 million man Trey Turner, but that is uh, an organization that if if the Marlins didn't take care of business in Milwaukee last September, it stands the reason the Philadelphia Phillies don't Absolutely. make the playoffs and go to the World Series. So to your point, if Absolutely. you can if you can hover, if you can float, and if you you can stay reasonably healthy, give yourself a chance. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, Danny, our good buddy Don Mattingly now joins the Toronto Blue Jays. He's out of Miami. I'm going to miss him dearly. But how different is this team, in your opinion, going to look under Skip Schumacher? I think it's gonna be it's gonna be very good under under Skip because I see the the personality of Skip and from what I've talked to players in the Cardinals organization or the Padres organization and they and, and I can I can figure that he has that type of personality that Don has that he's gonna be always a, a team first guy and and he's um, always gonna be there for for his guys and obviously much much younger. 
And I think that team needs that as well because this is a young core, but it's going to be basically the same personality. And I think that's that's going to be good for, for the team with a different voice, a fresh voice. A, a younger manager and he's he's a baseball guy and we and we saw what he did on the field while, while he was playing um type of a john birdie type of guy you know hustling all the time and playing different positions so that's going to be important to have a, a guy like, like skip and he always played on their winning managers la russa yeah. mattingly um and then he, he of course he had a huge uh, part in, in the coaching staff last year with St. Louis with Oli Marmol as a rookie manager and they got that team to win the the NL Central so I think that's that's going to be huge for, for the team to have a guy like Skip. That's all he's done in his career is win and he knows mm -hmm. the attitude that you have to carry into the clubhouse every day for six and a half months so it's going to be very exciting. I know the coaching staff has not formally been announced but we know a lot of those names have leaked out and it looks like uh, Skip is assembling uh, a really nice staff. Okay, Danny, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. You're out in San Diego, but I do understand that there's a big uh, World Baseball Classic uh, press conference coming up out there in San Diego. The Marlins will be hosting every round in some capacity. Uh, I am super excited for it. Not sure how much we're going to see with spring training going on, uh, but just your expectations for what is uh, really a once-in-a-lifetime event for fans that have never been able to take it in. And on top of that, it's back at Lone Depot Park in Miami. It's going to be a wonderful tournament, Kyle, because you will have the best of the best from every single country. When when I see the Dominican roster, for example, with Julio Rodriguez and Jose Ramirez and Vladdy Jr., Manny Machado, um, I mean, you, you see the team there stacked. Starling Marte, Sandy Alcantara, of course, is going to be the, the number one starter for that team. And we have a possibility to see Sandy against Pablo Lopez on game one, having Venezuela against the Dominican Republic on, on March 11. That's that's going to be huge. And I, I see more stars of the game committing to their teams, and that's making the tournament way better. It means and, something. And when they took when, – when, it means something when they take that pride of representing their their home country, um, and assembling that that team with other stars and and obviously good friends of them. Uh, it, it's it's going to be something very special, and I I can't wait uh, for the start of the tournament. Obviously, I follow Team Venezuela very closely, and I know they're going to have uh, big pieces as well. It's going to be the last WBC for me, Cabrera, for example. But I'm excited to see Acuna. Altuve, uh, Eugenio Suarez, maybe mm. Pablo Lopez, maybe Miguel Rowe. So it's it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a very exciting tournament. I'm going to ask you about Miggy Cabrera in just a moment as he embarks on his final season in the major leagues. Uh, do you have an odds-on favorite to win the WBC? Who do you think, as it stands right now, is probably the favorite to win it all? Uh, the Dominican Republic, no no doubt. The, the DR team, it's, it's the favorite, not only because of the position players that they have, but also the pitching, they can have Sandy Alcantara, Luis Castillo, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier. Mm. We saw how good those guys were for the Astros during the World Series. So uh, I think they're the most complete team. Now they have the reliever of the year in Emmanuel Clase um, from the Cleveland Guardians. So I think the Dominican um, is ready to to take it back. Uh, I know that it was a disappointing tournament for, for them in 2017 when they lost against the U.S., but they won in, th in 2013. They know how it is to experience that um winning um winning the championship so uh i think the dominicans are the, the favorite to win this tournament and as is always the case during the wbc 30 general managers are sitting on pins and needles praying that one of their stars of their organization uh does not succumb to an injury or anything of that nature exactly. but 
we'll have to see. Miggy, he's on his uh, – Miggy Cabrera, that is. We can always talk about Miggy Rowe. He's one of the best. But uh, Miguel Cabrera, Danny, I know you followed his career closely, and you have a deep affection for him as a baseball player and what he's uh, accomplished uh, for your home country, what he's done for everybody, and what he's done for the game of Major League Baseball. What will this final season mean to him? What does it mean to you? And I'm sure you're going to be following it closely. It's it's very special and 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 full full circle for me as well, Kyle. Because I when when I saw Miggy for the first time, I was probably what six, seven years old, and now I'm 25. And <laughs> obviously, we we saw him as this young phenom that was coming out of uh, a little uh, neighborhood in in Maracay named La Pedrera, and and to to see him doing that, um, being that big Venezuelan prospect for the first time ever uh, was was something very huge. And then I was able to meet him when I was 10 years old at um, Tommy Hunnam's baseball camp. And we since, since that moment, we established a, a very special relationship. And now to be able to cover him, um, getting the 3,000 hits, uh, 600 doubles, and now the final year of his, of his career, it's going to be uh, very special. I... I, I don't think I'm mentally prepared to see him go. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be very emotional. I'm sure there will be a lot of tears next year in, in Detroit, um, but it's going to be special. And, and M- Miggy wants to enjoy it, and I want to enjoy it as well. I know I'm going to be making a couple trips to Detroit. I know the Tigers are coming down to Miami to play a series against the Marlins. So being the 20th anniversary of the 2003 World Series, I'm sure it's going to be special for the Marlins and for Miguel to to be there, and I'm sure the organization will prepare some sort of uh, tribute to to me because he deserves it. You think he'll stay in baseball when he's done, or does he want to write yes. off? In a, oh yes. yeah, he wants to stay involved yes. in the he, game. He, he he wants to to stay involved. Um, we talked last week about this, and, and he said maybe not as a coach, hmm. but he would love to work with an organization as a as an advisor, sure. as a consultant. So um, I think that who, whoever gets him, uh, either is it's. I don't know, Detroit or Miami, they will have a very, um, like I would, I mean, (laughs) so much experience and that knows a lot about the game and and so many people respect. So that'll be a huge addition to any front office. Yeah, one of those guys, uh, like many Hall of Famers, that has seen the game differently for 20 years. It's unbelievable what he's been able to do and keep it up at his age. All right, so let me ask you this, and maybe this is crazy. If the Detroit Tigers are not in contention in July, would they look to move him to give him one more chance to win a world championship or no? Mm -hmm. That's that's interesting, but I don't think that that will happen. I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting, but I, I honestly see Miggy finishing up his. his it would be something he would no want to do. Happens. He would have to approach him and say, you know what, I want to try to win one more. But it doesn't sound yeah. like maybe that's what he'd be. It is, yeah, it, yeah. Gotcha. I think he's he's fully, fully committed to to finish his the last season of his career with the Tigers. He's, it he's would be interesting and, though, Danny. Right? If he's having yeah, a great absolutely. year and they're not in contention, and the front office is like. We can get a couple of prospects. You know, they'd have, he'd he'd have to give them their blessing. But I don't know. I don't know if I mean last year when when he was invited to the All Star game in in Los Angeles, he was hitting three hundred in I know. July. So it, it's not that he, he wasn't on. He, he was underperforming. He was doing doing good for the Tigers. Maybe with um, not so much power, he wasn't getting many extra bases. I know his knees are killing him, especially the right knee. Um, but I think that that me can help anyone, and maybe yeah, that's that's interesting for him. I don't know if he he has thought about this, but uh, if he does, I think he could be encouraged to go to the Tiger front office and say, "Hey, uh, I want I win." 
It'd be interesting. Uh, we'll have to see how it all plays out. Danny Alvarez, a couple of more minutes with you, but uh, elextrabase.com. I don't know for those that may not be familiar with it, but you've grown this sucker into a beast, and you have a lot of followership. Uh, I know you had your Twitter account taken from you one time. You had to get that back and get it going again. Yeah. But, um, hey, tell me about the <laughs> genesis of how you created this and how you've been able to establish El Extra Base into what it's become today, dude, because, again, I'm not just telling you this. Like, it's awesome what you've been able to do. I, and I really appreciate that, Kyle, especially coming from you. Um, you, you know, I started with, uh, with this Venezuelan local station, uh, El Venezolano TV in, in, in Miami, and, and we had the sports show. And once that sports show was canceled, I was offered to be the, the sports anchor for the station. And yes, that was a, a good position at the moment. But at the same time, uh, my good friend and partner, Julio Munoz, who was working with me at the same station, said, hey, uh, we, we have this. We ha I have this idea of, of converting this into a into a newspaper and because we have the first we have the, the instagram account that was growing a lot and guys like altuve miggy cargo were following us and and we were getting a lot of attention on social media and then we said okay maybe we have something here that we can start yes with a newspaper with a magazine with a website as well and in a span of I think 10, 11 days once the sh the show was canceled we were able to uh, make the foundation and start with everything. I don't know how we did it because it wasn't on a, on a record time, but we were able to get sponsors, writers, and everything done to, to get the, the paper and, of course, website and everything we needed. Of course, we got a lot of support from, from the Marlins to be uh, credential. And then we, we just covered every single game in Miami. We covered all-star games, spring training, World Series, and that's how we established ourselves in the in the baseball industry how many of you guys are working on it now we started with two i mean of course julio and, and obviously my mom was helping a lot and now we have a group of 12 to 15 people really here in in yeah but within here in the u.s also in spain venezuela of wow. course uh colombia the dr mexico and Puerto Rico as well. So we we were able to to put together a, a very good team, and and now we're not only covering the big leagues, but if if you go on our website or social media accounts, you will find content of the Mexican League, Dominican League, Venezuelan League, of course, Puerto Rico, Colombia, and and that's something that's uh, has really helped us growing up a lot because not only we're focused now on MLB or Venezuela, we're focused now on in, in, in the Caribbean and having uh, people following us from different different countries as well didn't you guys just you guys were the only ones streaming the home run derby in the dominican was it? yes, yes. wow man no, that's in, awesome in venezuela. oh venezuela in, i'm in, sorry in okay in venezuela, in venezuela and it, it was huge because acuna was there but right. also eugenio suarez Gleyber torres contreras um, the, the contreras brothers so they had 10 participants and eight of them uh were big leaguers like active big leaguers oh jose too was, was there as well that's so awesome. yes we were streaming together and it, it was very cool because we saw the amount of english speakers comments in in on youtube and our social media accounts and we were uh, fascinated by that because it, it was not supposed to to be that way like we were expecting a lot of venezuelans and, and, and latin followers to to join and then we saw like john boy media or cespedes family barbecue joining and, and retweeting and that that's was huge awesome for us. danny that's awesome, man. Hey, before I let you run, I've taken up too much of your time, but I do want to circle back to the Marlins for a second. 
Um, we, we, we've talked about their needs, what they need to address. Kim Ang telling me yesterday they're looking to add to the bullpen as well. Uh, I would mm-hmm. imagine in one of those spots might be the closer's role because that was very much in flux last year. Although I thought Dylan Floro did a nice job to kind of grab a hold of it at the end of the season. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Look, look in the National League East. We have more of a balanced schedule this year, so they're not going to play the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, the Nationals an extra, an additional six to seven times. About how tough will it compete? Will it be to compete in the division with two 101 wins last team, 101 win teams last year? The Philadelphia Phillies who go to the World Series, and then you see the Mets and the Phillies already in the mix. The Braves just laying there, but Verlander in New York after losing to Grom, Turner in Philadelphia. How how do, how do yeah. the Marlins do it in the East? I mean, they, that that's what they they need to to spend, and they they need a difference maker because when you go team by team in the NL East, you go to the Phillies and you have Turner now, but they they have Harper and Schwarber and uh, Real Muto, of course. Uh, you go to the Braves, they have Acuna, they have Olson, they have Albis. You go to the Mets and they have Lindor, they have McNeil, they have and now Scherzer, Verlander, and a, a very good pitching staff, and even the Nationals, when you, when you see them and the, the type of prospects they have, they're coming quick on the offensive side. The, the Marlins, they're coming quick, and the Marlins don't don't have those prospects uh, for for the position players as as least, at least not as developed and ranked as as the Nationals are. So, yes, they they need to to focus on that. They need that game changer, and I think that's what's going to make a difference for for the Marlins. Also, with the schedule next year, I think it's going to give us an idea of how how good or how bad teams are because it's not the same when you have yeah let's say in the NL Central the St. Louis Cardinals facing the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds for 19 games now that's not going to happen you're going to face them for for less games and now giving every team to to have the chance to to play against any other I mean every single team in the major is going to give you a better idea of, of where they're at it's going to be awesome for the fans too the Marlins go out to Seattle yeah. you're going to see that every team in baseball Every single year, if you're a fan of the game, going back to the balanced schedule is awesome. Check out his work, elextrabase.com. Danny Alvarez, you're the man, buddy. I appreciate the time, and I'll see you soon. See you soon, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor, and hoping to see you soon in Miami. Danny Alvarez of El Extra Basse. Again, terrific work. Check it out, elextrabase.com. Terrific show tonight. A quick half hour always flies by. Had a lot of fun. Thanks to Danny Alvarez for joining us. For Ricardo Wanche, I'm Kyle Seeloff saying so long and good night. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Marlins Hot Stove Show from the winter meetings in San Diego, California. Uh, we'll be back with you soon every Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, another uh, episode of the Marlins Hot Stove Show. Going to be a lot of fun as the offseason rolls along. Uh, stay locked in. We'll keep you posted on everything happening in Marlins land. Until next time, have a good night.